Earl Grey for Jeremy? Yep, right over here. Thank you. Well, today we are sitting in the Lulz Cafe with my friend Christine. Uh, Christine is in my media strategies class, and we've been talking through a bunch of these issues relating to technology and theology over this semester. And uh, so thanks for coming. Yep. And, and super excited to have you here. Um, we're talking a little bit today about how do we approach technology. Last time we were together, we were sitting and talking with Peyton about the fact that uh, technology, if we're not careful, gives us the illusion of that we can be independent from God and independent from each other and ultimately probably even distracted from ourselves. So if that's a problem, then how do we actually approach technology? And <clears throat> there are, from a communications perspective, there's two uh, sides that we tend to go down in terms of how do we approach this. So the first one is um, that we approach it from a technological determinism. On Think of this like a scale. So if you had a scale in front of you, on one side you'd have technological determinism. Uh, technological determinism essentially argues that technology is the problem. That technology makes and uses us, that it's uh, value-laden, that it, the outcomes are based on technology as the driving force, which means if we want something to be, if technology's bad, we take technology out, it'll get better. If technology's good, then we add tech, more technology, that will make it work. It, it has less to do with the human side. Uh, on the flip side of it, on the exact opposite end, is the idea of instrumentalism, that humans, we make and use technology, that technology is mostly neutral, so it's whatever we do with it, and that human usage is the problem, uh, and that the outcome then is based on our choices, not on what the technology does. Now, realistically, I recognize that for most people, the reality is I'm probably not on one end or the other. I'm somewhere probably in the middle. So usually with all of you, I ask the question like, okay, so if, I, if one end, far end is technological determinism, and the other end is instrumentalism, uh, and I drew a line in the middle, pick a side. So, when you had to do that, what what side did you land on? I feel definitely feel like I lean towards um, the side where humans are the more in control. Instrumentalism, yep, okay. Instrumentalism. So I I don't lean all the way to the end where like technology has no impact on us, mm -hmm. but I definitely think humans have more control than some people might give us credit for hmm. yeah yeah and, and generally speaking mm -hmm. i i would probably say i'm with you mm -hmm. uh I, I know that there's people who attend school here though my some of my colleagues that are probably fall on the other side that actually think uh, that technology does tend to determine some things a little more than we'd like to admit mm -hmm. um i i think it comes from me uh, and, and and maybe this is true for you, maybe it's not. But for me, it comes down to a, another psychological concept called the locus of control. Uh, so locus of control is the idea of what controls my behavior, what controls me. Uh, so external locus of control is the world around me happens to me and it makes mm -hmm. me do things. The furthest end of external loc of, locus of control is the idea that I'm a victim, mm -hmm. that the world is making me do things. I can't stop it, sure. so I'm out of control. Uh, on the other end is an internal locus of control that I control everything. I control my emotions. I control my situations. And that has a tendency to deal with our brokenness because that's that moment where we start thinking, uh, yeah, actually, I'm kind of like God. I, I mm -hmm. can manage all this. Everything that comes at me is within my control. And I can. So we get this God complex on one end and we get this victim complex on the other end. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's some level with both of those. 
in that notion. And I'd like to think that the vast majority of time I'd say, okay, I'm not totally in control, Mm -hmm. but I'm not, but I still have decisions to make as a person Mm -hmm. about what I can and can't do. Sure. So for you, when you're thinking through this and you're saying, okay, I'm leaning toward instrumentalism that I make use of technology, uh, how does that change or impact how you're going to use the technology that's in front of you? Well, I would definitely say so. Recently, I had noticed that parts of specifically having the technology of a phone mm-hmm. has influenced my behavior. Sure. And so, in, specifically in the way I view myself and the way I view other people. And so, um, I. I'm sure you know of Matt Chandler, mm-hmm. and he's um, he's talked about how um, women often have, you know, this uh, problem with comparison, mm-hmm. and he talks about it within the sin nature idea, mm-hmm. and um, that was what I was noticing by having the technology of the phone, was mm-hmm. I was comparing myself to other people, mm-hmm. and whether it was, like, the phones we were having, whether it was stuff I was seeing online... And so I actually like deleted all of my social media hmm. and um, except Facebook, but I don't have that problem on Facebook. <laughs> um, it's mostly for your grandma, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was something I've recently done uh, a few weeks ago, mo- about a month or two ago, um, <laughs> because of that idea that like it was starting to control my behavior and mm-hmm. it was starting to control who I am mm-hmm. and how I view the world around me and um that's what i've done with my technology recently yeah and i think that that part of the key there is that and so for some of you who were wrestling with this and you're saying well but technology sounds like it was making you do things it was making you compare i think the recognition is that the technology has a path that it's of least resistance and if you just Mm -hmm. follow it it's kind of like a slip and slide you just start sliding down that thing it's like well i can just keep following this and it will take me somewhere Mm -hmm. it actually does do things but the key is that I'm not stuck by that. Mm-hmm. So I can make a choice and say, hey, I'm going to delete this account. Or you know what? I'm going to actually stop following. Uh, I've had several students who said, you know what I did? I started realizing what I was comparing myself to. And I stopped following all the things that I compared myself yep. to and refilled my social media accounts with things that weren't that. Yep. And then I realized like, oh, that's not the problem anymore. Mm-hmm. My choices had to be uh, working against what the technology would naturally have wanted me to yeah. do, the easy path that it created for me. Definitely. But uh, it wasn't that I couldn't use it. It was that I had to use it differently. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I have to be more intentional and more aware of this is what it's doing to me. So recently, I uh, deleted, and, and they're going to find me after this. They're going to hear on Spotify or wherever else it's going, uh, on XN Radio. They're going to hear that I said this. I, I deleted, it's sacrilege, I know. I deleted my Starbucks app. <gasps> I deleted my Starbucks app. Uh, Yeah, I know. And people are like, wow, Pettit, you deleted your Starbucks app. I used to go to Starbucks all the time. I did. I went to Starbucks a lot uh, and got Earl Grey. But the reason I deleted it it is, oh, wait, you get points every time you buy things. And I kind of started realizing, like, okay, I'm fine with that. Like, you're going to reward me for doing a regular behavior. Okay. Um, But then I started noticing something. I started noticing that Starbucks was actually saying, okay, but if you want want extra points, don't, it's not about just buying the things you want to buy. It's buying the things we want you to buy. And I started saying, wait a second. 
you're trying to direct my behavior. A company is trying to say, hey, based on this, wouldn't you want a sandwich this morning? If you get a sandwich and that drink, we'll give you a hundred extra stars. Mm -hmm. Wait a second. I, I don't. I don't, I don't want the technology telling me where to eat. And then all of a sudden it sparked this moment of you're paying to get tea, which is basically two tea bags and a cup, let's be honest, because I have hot water <laughs> at my house. I'm like, you're paying money to get tea? I mean, you can get way better tea than this, and I had other places I could go get tea. And then I realized, like, I'm actually paying sometimes while I'm walking here past four really great coffee shops and I'm stopping at Starbucks to get tea. Mm -hmm. And then I'd pay the same price to get better tea at these other places. Why, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. And I started realizing how much, because I wasn't being intentional about it, I was actually allowing it to start changing behaviors. In fact, to the point where it was like, I don't really know if I need tea today, but if I buy one more time, I actually get that. All right, fine, we'll buy a tea. Wait a second. And the other thing that made it really slippery, if we're honest, was it was super easy because my card was hooked up into it to just reload 10 bucks every mm -hmm. couple of days. Like, mm -hmm. oh, sure. No, here. It's 10 bucks. Go. Mm -hmm. um, wait, am I making the decision based on where the technology would like me to go to the determinism side? Or am I actually stopping for a moment and exercising my level of agency to make choices and say, I'm not going to do this anymore? Mm -hmm. And so... In thinking that through, I started asking myself some questions about, okay, so what else mm -hmm. is just happening because I'm not paying attention? Mm -hmm. And you're saying for you, when you noticed, you said, oh, I'm just going to delete it. Uh, I'm just going to get off. So, so are you done with social media forever? <laughs> Am I done with social media forever? Good question. I'm definitely done for a very long time. I honestly don't see a reason for me to get it again. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously where I go in life may change that sure. depending on you know where I end up career-wise things like that uh, but then it would be for work yeah. um, so yeah I'd, I personally the the things that you know it wasn't necessarily what I was seeing on social media that I was comparing to it was more what I was posting hmm. and it was like Oh, you know, I care so much about what people think about these posts. Mm -hmm. And I I put so much energy into like everything I post that mm -hmm. I'm trying to create an identity that isn't who I'm ac actually am. I'm trying to create I was trying to, you know, put up who I want people to see me as. Yep. Um and that was what was really getting to me. And mm -hmm. like so that's that would that is what I wanted to stop doing. And so mm. I felt like I had to delete it to be able to stop doing that because, yeah. Well, and, and, and that the social media platforms tended to reward that. Mm -hmm. So the technology components. But we're not just talking about technology like the phone is the problem or the mm -hmm. that th these technologies, meaning systems too, mm -hmm. uh, reward certain kinds of behavior to say, hey, if you do this, like you post this kind of picture with this kind of um, uh, text underneath, it will automatically, uh, hey, more people will like it. We'll mm -hmm. show it to more people. Mm -hmm. You get, you tag it with some other things, we'll show it to more people. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, oh, I'm getting rewarded. So then it becomes, well, that's what I'm being known for. Mm -hmm. And now it does start impacting my identity mm -hmm. and recognizing that realistically, I have agency and choices. So you're exercising yours and saying, I don't even want to play the game. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, the question I've had from a few people is, can I still play the game and play it differently? 
and my response to them often is, I, I think you can, but I think you're going to have to actually ask yourself a really hard question, which is really what you were getting at, which is, what do I want mm -hmm. in this moment uh, that's consistent with my values about who I think I am and the places I'm supposed to be going? Uh, and ultimately, for you, it sounds like even where's my identity? Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. So how did that reshape how you started thinking about your identity by being off now? Um, so a big part of it was kind of like, so moving to Chicago was mm -hmm. like a big change in chapter. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to surround myself with God-fearing people. And that sure. was my goal. And that's not what my life was before Chicago. Mm. And so what I was posting on social media was kind of like a, hey, look how great my life is mm -hmm. to the people that w weren't even in my life anymore. <laughs> and um, and so it it's shaped me now of like, okay, n those people aren't in my life physically. They don't need to be in my life in my mind. Mm. They don't need to be in my life in my heart. They don't need to be knowing what I'm doing and mm -hmm. how I'm how I'm, uh, you know, my successes and achievements, they don't need to know those things because they're not here mm. anymore. And so um, it's definitely helped me be more present mm. in Chicago and be more focused on the relationships I'm building here and just, and not doing it for the purpose of showing off to the people that I left, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so let me ask you a question then. So, because uh, this is actually a story that gets repeated a lot. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people, especially young people that I'm talking to, that are saying, I'm deleting uh, some of the larger, I'll just say larger social media places. They may still be playing in some smaller spaces mm -hmm. where they can uh, engage in smaller, more private conversations. Um, and, and to be clear, this is something I, I've been anticipating and talking about probably for probably almost 10 years now in the conversation, largely because my expectation was that all of the students, even then that I was working with, were starting to find the importance of more private, um, uh, what did I, how did I refer to them? Um, private and spontaneous often um, conversations of things like text, uh, but even, even some other spaces that were smaller that you could shrink uh, for instance, like Discord or mm -hmm. um, some of them were playing on, on Snapchat or WhatsApp because they knew that they could limit the number of people they were talking to. But there's a ton of conversations happening now on text, mm -hmm. just text threads that are, hey, there's five of my friends and that's the place we're talking because yep. that's the easier spot to talk through. So what what other communication practices did you shift to for your people here in Chicago to make sure that you keep talking to them um, or engaging with them? Yeah, I definitely use text pretty much um Facebook Messenger, depending on who I'm talking to. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of that is my international friends who don't have, like, phone numbers. We'll sure. talk on um, Facebook mes Messenger. And then I do have a Discord. Um, but, yeah, I deleted pretty much everything else. Yeah. Um, Snapchat deleted that. I had TikTok, and I deleted that for other reasons. <laughs> that oh, was okay. just more... It was more just soul sucking. <laughs> <laughs> you, you found yourself sitting there for 12 hours watching TikTok yeah, and you're like, what just happened? <laughs> I haven't eaten in two days. What happened? So, yeah. Yeah. But, but even then, okay, so let's play with, let's talk about that for a second because TikTok has this capacity uh, and, and I've got kids, they're playing, they're watching and, and checking stuff out and they'll mm -hmm. show me stuff every once in a while. But it has this capacity to be that level of distracting. 
And so it drives us down a path that without some level of awareness and agency, we wind up, oh man. Uh, and by the way, this isn't exclusive to TikTok. There was YouTube videos before this that were literally just cycling, cycling through and people mm -hmm. watching them for hours and hours on end. Um, <clears throat> but realistically, so you deleted TikTok and what led to that moment of decision like, oh, this might not be. I deleted TikTok long ago um before school even started because um i have adhd and i know that the effects that tiktok has on your dopamine release mm -hmm. and i know that if i'm used to such high levels of dopamine release i'm not going to focus on school mm -hmm. even with my adhd meds mm -hmm. so i was like i'm i'm just gonna delete this <laughs> and i'm gonna like what's the word i'm gonna um detox and, okay. and like get back on to at least semi-normal because no one really in america these days have a, has normal levels of dopamine release going on but no especially the people that are engaging in social media right. and, and a bunch of those documentaries and studies right now are showing that as well mm -hmm. that it's literally playing a dopamine game in your head yeah so yeah. good luck with that so i was <coughs> like that that was the main that was that was why i deleted it and i it it has been good for me. <laughs> yeah? Yes. How so? Explain. Well, I, yeah, it, it's just helpful for me because I, I spend less time on my phone mm -hmm. and more time on school. Mm -hmm. I think the only thing I really use my phone now for is, you know, um, checking family Facebook updates every once in a while mm -hmm. and texting and calling. And then I have this word scrabble game. That I'll play. Okay. And that's pretty much all I use my phone for. All right. All right. So I um, I feel the same. I, mm -hmm. And I've been playing a game. And if you, you hung out with Pettit at, at any point, you probably know I'm playing a game where I try and see how many apps I can get down to. Mm -hmm. Like I delete apps all the time and I'm trying to get it down to the lowest number. I think I'm down to like 13 right now. Um, and, and people are like, what in the world? I deleted email. Uh, there are no notifications on my phone. Mm -hmm. uh, I do still have uh, Spotify, just because I listen to music on the train. Uh, but pretty much everything else is basic standard stuff. I don't. I don't think I have an outside app besides Spotify on my phone, mm -hmm. and m even most of the Apple ones I took out. Uh, I do. I can still get into an email if I need to, but I've realized that if I actually s uh, slow down. Like, it's about seven or eight steps now. Like, I have to find this thing, go into it, go into the settings, load everything, put the passwords back in, turn on the mail, do everything. And then I can finally look. So I can get to it if I absolutely had to, but I've made it hard to do. Mm -hmm. And that's the choice that I'm making to say I make choices that I can slow technology down so I don't have to do that. Now, I still have mail on my laptop. Yep. That's not a big deal. But I've made it now so that no matter what I'm doing, it's harder to get to. Mm -hmm. So I'm not doing without it. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I've encouraged people to do, and if you're listening to this, I just want you to try an experiment. So turn your phone on, and when you turn your phone on, I just want you to hold it in the dominant hand, whichever hand you normally use it in, and swing your thumb around. Don't touch the screen. Just swing your thumb around and see which apps are right there on your phone that you normally touch. And typically what you're going to realize is, and I just did this with a friend of mine the other day, and he's like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even think of that. Uh, those are the apps you touch all the time, and sometimes you touch without thinking because the technology was designed to create habits and patterns. Uh, you chose them, but once you chose them, they're not going to keep operating because you've chosen to do them. 
So if you're going to break a habit, you're going to have to do some things to move some things around. So even if you don't want to play my little game and see how many apps you can delete, because maybe you do need a Scrabble game, and that's totally <laughs> fine. I have someone on iPad, so I'm not judging anybody. I love playing video games. Uh, but um, the thing that I've, that I've actually challenged some people to do is what would it look like to every two months rearrange your apps? So you can't just naturally... Uh, literally, I had my friend do it. I'm like, just do it. Close your eyes and do it. And he did it. And he was in Instagram before he knew what happened. And he was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I thought oh, this is crazy. I'm like, yeah, your brain and your fingers know how to do it before they're actually thinking about doing it. What if you moved it around? So he started thinking. He's like, yeah, then I'd have to think before I open. And I'm like, that's really what I'm trying to get to. Mm -hmm. Think before you do this stuff. Mm -hmm. Make the choice before you actually just follow the path. And, and so when it feels as though I don't have the self-control then determinism becomes really easy to blame the technology mm -hmm. for this. Oh, well, this is what... Yeah. Uh-huh, but you made the choices both initially and you're continuing to make the choice to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. So how do we make different choices? Mm -hmm. For sure. I think the question's going to come down to uh, some things that you've just been talking about. What do you value? Mm -hmm. What do you think is important? What do you think is cr consistent with your faith? Um, and, and you're saying at this moment what you valued was school. Mm -hmm. I, I value school, so I'm going to delete TikTok. I, I value my identity in in Christ and and in the you know being part of this community mm -hmm. more than I value the identity that I was getting from social media. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> um, as you started to think through your media use and and started to say, hey, uh, this isn't consistent with mine. Um, what are what are the changes and the impacts that they've been having on you? You just talked about how TikTok helped you detox. So. Mm -hmm. uh, what shifts have you made? Because you can't just say, I'm going to stop doing something. You usually have to say, I'm going to start doing something else. Mm -hmm. So where did you go for some of that identity discussion? Um, my church. Okay. Really big place. Uh, just really poured myself into my church community. Um, really poured myself into like getting to know people there. And now I have like really good friends there that I hang out with outside of like school mm -hmm. and you know, things like that. And I have like an actual community here in Chicago. So like when I graduate, I'm not going to be like, Oh, I have no friends. I don't know what to do, you sure. know? And so like just very much pouring myself into my church and um, the community that I've been building here and not letting social media be the main way of communicating with those people because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know all of them are on social media sure. and you know they talk about it and you know there are moments where I'm like oh, I, don't, I don't have Instagram anymore but <laughs> um, in in the long run it's better for me because like the the things I'm talking about with those people are very good mm -hmm. and they're real and they continue to want to you know, connect with me, even if I'm only connecting through text, they still talk to me through those, through that avenue. Sure. Mm -hmm. Sure. And, and <clears throat> the, the other thing that, the other thing that I wrestle with when I hear people talk about this and, and some of you are saying, well, how would I know? How would I know if I'm blaming technology for things? Mm -hmm. um, usually the ways that I can tell are often when um, I hear people talk about themselves, they'll say, uh, words that either make the technology the primary noun in the sentence so um well the phone rang so i had to answer it mm, like mm -hmm. the, the phone is in the th i mean it's an object i get that but it didn't make you answer the phone mm -hmm. like the phone ringing didn't make you answer oh well my text went off like 
you got a text and decided to answer. So I can tell the passive language, which makes the, the object, the technology, mm -hmm. the primary noun and the actor mm -hmm. in that situation. Or when they say, no, I got a text and I answered it. Like, okay, so you made yourself the primary actor and the technology is what you acted through. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so as we're sitting here talking, uh, recognize that if your language, and if you're listening to this, your language tells you some things about where you're at. If you're saying, I don't want to be on social media, like mm -hmm. you just said, I don't want to compare myself that way. Okay, so I'm taking the active stance. I am the actor in this space and in this sentence and the technology is the means for me to accomplish something or do something okay that's fine that's a little more thinking instrumental mm -hmm. <clears throat> but it's also recognizing that when i say words like this thing made me do this um uh, i had to uh okay wait hold on that that you, you've just stripped yourself of power mm -hmm. and that external locus of control that essentially says it's out there from you know coming at me and i can't do anything about it makes you sound uh, like the victim of the technology. Mm. I'm, I'm at the whim and will of the people who make this. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> we're not. Y you were made by God in his image and in his likeness to be people who make choices. Mm -hmm. uh, so you have the capacity to say, as good stewards who have been given good gifts by God, to make choices that mm -hmm. are consistent with those things and not to point the finger or blame mm -hmm. something and say, hey, uh, that thing is... Con it's controlling me. Mm -hmm. You don't have to use that thing. It's not controlling you, but there are moments <coughs> when you feel like going back to the TikTok, you mm -hmm. know, because the the addictiveness that comes along with making choices in it, it is <coughs> feels like it's out of your control. At mm -hmm. least you're like, OK, I'm going to make the choice to download TikTok and look at these and like, haha, this is so funny. And then like. Three weeks later, you find yourself, you've been on 10 hours a week <laughs> on this app. And you're like, oh, okay. Or a day, or a day. To, ten hour, <laughs> or a day, 10 hours a day, too. We're not admitting people. that to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think, like, in those cases, that's when it could be easy to go into um, determinism. Because yeah. you're like, well, I mean, I crave it. Like, that's all I right, want. That's right. all I think about. That's right. all, you know what I mean? Kind of like a drug you're just like that's all i'm thinking about that's all i want to do mm -hmm. i don't mm -hmm. i don't want to do homework like i want to be getting that dopamine hit and yep. i've trained my brain to want that dopamine mm -hmm. hit every five to ten seconds and um then it's like it, it feels less in your control when that happens so when you first deleted tiktok the first let's just talk about the first week you deleted tiktok mm -hmm. how, how did you feel like, were you like, kind of like, I want this back? I was definitely restless. <laughs> okay. Definitely restless. Definitely wanting that, like, uh, just, like, nothing was fulfilling those hits that I was used mm -hmm. to. I, you know, like, I would go to Instagram and I'd be like, oh, I can't look at Instagram because it's doing the same thing. Or, yep. you know, reading a book doesn't, it takes you a while until you get to <laughs> Right, right. You're like, oh, okay, when is, like, yeah. And so... It definitely rest restless, but it overall helped the overall. So, so, all right. So, so let's just, we're, we're talking detox language mm, here and you, yeah. you, you got out of the, uh, when did you start to feel better? So it, it, let's, let's assume that the people who are listening to us today need to detox from TikTok. <laughs> How long is it going to take? Before they might feel better. It did not take long. So okay. if you do a real, if you do a real dopamine de detox, it, it will take a day. So you can you can detox from dopamine 
um, and do a full on like I'm going to not release any dopamine. You can't, but during that you can't eat sweets, you can't um, wow. read books, you can't, uh, you can. You can like clean maybe, but you you really <laughs> like if okay. you look into this and Google this, it's very strict. But okay. it works. So like the next day, you'll have normal levels of de of dopamine being released, hmm. um, unless you go straight back into watching TikTok again, obviously. Uh -huh. But you won't. Yeah, it only takes a day. So it only took me a few days of feeling like I needed TikTok to not feel like I need it anymore. Interesting. Yeah. No, that, but that's helpful mm -hmm. just from an experience perspective because there's people uh, – I, I didn't have TikTok, so mm -hmm. I never got into it. Yeah. I, I see it. I can say, okay, I get kind of the the, the the idea and why people would be like, okay, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. But it's not something I ever really got into. So for me, sure. it wasn't a, like, get out of thing. Yeah. But but to have somebody who's getting out and saying, okay, this is about what it takes, then mm -hmm. that's, that, that's helpful feedback to start thinking through. Um <clears throat> But then the other question that usually comes up when people start wrestling with this is, so, I mean, okay, you said you hang out with your people at church, and but you're not going home tonight or after class and saying, okay, I'm just going back to my room and I'm not going to, like, what so are you what do doing? Do? Yeah, what are you doing <laughs> instead? Because they're like, what? the funny part to me is that people have this sense of like, oh, man, I, I need free time. And then they get free time and they're like, I don't know what to do with my free time. Like they haven't yeah. built any hobbies or anything like that to kind of pay. So what do you do? Um. Okay. So aside from like schoolwork and hanging out with people, um, read, I'm reading a book right now. That's like for fun. Okay. Um, reading a book for fun. Yeah. College and students have no idea what you're <laughs> talking about. Fun. Yeah. Okay. It's, sure. It's good. It's a good book. Okay. Um, it's called, uh, the 12 extraordinary women of the Bible by John MacArthur. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's, uh, very insightful. Hmm. Um, and I sometimes play my word scrabble game, but not like so much that I'm worried about it. Sure. Um, <laughs> You're like, it's taking over TikTok's place. <laughs> it's definitely not doing that, but it, <laughs> there are days where like, or there are like moments during days where I have nothing to do and I'll play my words sure. game. Um, yeah. Other than that, right now school is kind of taking over my life. I, so I'm, I'm sure that that's. There's really not sure a whole true. lot of time to not do school. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and so here's what here's actually what what I would encourage, and and, and the way that I I tend to when people say, well, what am I going to do with all the free time? Mm -hmm. My response is, um, first of all, y you have to recognize that we were we do consume things. Mm -hmm. So there's this very like, we don't, we, you know, we shouldn't be consumers. Like, okay, uh, you do have to consume some things. You have to mm -hmm. consume this many calories a day to stay alive. Mm -hmm. You have to probably, you know, have some level of consumption of some other basic goods and services that you can say, hey, this is a thing. What, but what people used to do is then when they had that time, they actually created things rather than consume them. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually usually challenging people, like, what are you creating lately? Mm. What, are you, what are you working on? What's mm -hmm. So when you got free time, what's the thing that you're building or making? Or mm -hmm. um, and, and and so what, what makes me happy is when I go home and I see my kids who do play video games and hang out and probably watch TikTok, I find them in the garage and they're working on something and mm -hmm. they're like, oh, I'm, I'm making this thing out of, you know, PVC and wood and I'm building this whole thing up like, great. <laughs> That's what we should probably spend more work. Now, I don't know what that looks like for everybody. Sure. Maybe it's just I'm going to sit down and crochet things and that's all I'm doing. I don't really care. Yeah. 
But I do think there's, when we have that tendency to have this gap and say, well, I have free time now, I don't know what to do with it. My response is then go make something, go create something. I, music, you want to make, you want to make more TikTok videos. I don't even care if that's it, but make them. Yeah. Don't just, so that you know what that would take and what yeah. that would look like, because you can use media that way too. <laughs> It can be a creative outlet as well as a consumptive thing that you're actually engaging in. Mm -hmm. But so what other ways are you creating? What do you, what do you like to create? Um, right now I am working on a portrait. Wow. Uh, that, yep. I do charcoal and pencil charcoal, drawing. Yeah. Um, and it is uh, a, it's for an art project. Um, it is, so do you know Corey Ten Boom's story? Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Do you know about Eli? If you don't know Corey, Corey Ten Boom's story, Corey Ten Boom was a uh, woman of faith who was in a Nazi concentration camp mm -hmm. and survived with her sister uh, and believed that God... Her sister did not survive. Or her sister did not survive. But she survived at the time she was in the concentration camp with her sister. Mm -hmm. She actually winds up surviving the concentration camp mm -hmm. and coming out of it a very different person. Very closer to God. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's an amazing book. Anyone who hasn't re read it should read it. It's life-changing. Yeah. I've read it twice. Um, and then, do you know about Ellie Weasels? Yes. Yes. Fantastic. So Knight his is a fantastic book he wrote as well. Another concentration Knight. camp. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another concert. He was. Or he multiple. Was, he was a Jew. A Jew. Yep. And um, he came out. He was with his dad through the concentration camp. So both yep. their <coughs> stories are very parallel. Very. Um, but he came out actually losing his faith. Yes. Whereas Corey came out with her faith yep. strengthened. Yep. Um, and so my portrait is actually um, emergence of their faces. So half mm. of it is Corey's face and mm. half of it is his face. And then his face um, has a lot of shadow going on and shading, um, whereas hers is full of light and happiness mm. uh, to represent that they both went through such similar struggles, yep. but he came out of it further from God, like away from God. And she came up out of it closer to God. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I'm working on right now. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, the one thing that, um, I, I think is crucial mm -hmm. is that in the act of doing something creative, we actually reestablish our capacity for agency, which says I can make choices and I can make choices that aren't actually about what the technology is leading me to. Mm -hmm. I can make choices that are consistent with the things that I want to see happen, the things that I want to make in the world that are consistent with the way that God created me to be, to be a creative person and mm -hmm. not the con just a consumptive person, mm -hmm. but a creative person as well yeah. who can use technology because we defined technology clearly a couple episodes ago we'd said hey this isn't just about digital phones this is about you're using a canvas that's a kind of technology you're using charcoal that's a, a piece of that's natural but turned into a tool that you can use to create mm -hmm. with you're using technology but you're using it for creative purposes not just for consumptive purposes and not for controlling purposes that hey this leads me to but i can use it for so uh what I am challenging you and wrap it up here just to, the, in the conversation, what I'm challenging all of you who are listening is to ask yourself, what would happen if I actually do like Christine's talking about here and I s just took a break, even if I said I'm not going to delete this forever and you're saying you're not going to get back on, that's fine. And if you get back on next week, there's no like <laughs> judgment here or anything like that. But what would happen if I took a break and found something creative to do? If I just stopped for a bit and actually embraced the image of God in me that he created me to be a creator uh, C.S. Lewis and Tolkien like to call it a sub-creator. I create with the things that God created me for and with. 
So I'm going to create, and you spent the time doing that as your outlet rather than I'm going to spend the time consuming, especially when we're talking about social media, we're talking about uh, different uh, media environments that are essentially giving you dopamine hits that are not necessarily helpful for your mental health, for your anxiety, for all the other things that are going on. Or even if you're borderline ADHD and you're not taking medication, this is probably not helping you like you think it is. <laughs> so what would happen if you took a break and did something really creative? And some of you are saying, I don't know what that is. And so my suggestion is uh, just try a couple of things. Mm -hmm. Go get some charcoal and draw. Go mm -hmm. film a video. Go pick up an instrument that you haven't played in a long time and see what that looks like and how do you do it. Because at the end of the day, I think what you're going to start realizing is that you are reasserting your agency, that I am in control of my life, that I have some level of the internal locus of control to say that I can do this rather than this stuff keeps happening to me and I feel like I'm slipping further and further away from not only what I want to do, but the person I want to become. Mm -hmm. That creative energy that's coming out as you create those things starts establishing that agency again for you to feel like I am not being controlled. I actually have the capacity to live as a faithful steward of God and the gifts and talents he's given me. So... Uh, that's all the time we have today on Alol's Cafe, but first I just want to say thank you for stopping by and sharing some of your stories. Those were really helpful and clear for the people we're talking to. So Thank thanks. you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And um, as always, if you have questions or you're wrestling with something, I'd love to hear them. So you can email me at profpedit at gmail.com. You should be able to see that link in the bottom that tells you where to go. But I'd love to hear your questions. I'd love to dialogue about them. And we'll be talking about some of them in upcoming episodes soon. So have a great day.